Probably not. <laughs> Good evening. Glad to see everybody here tonight. And glad you came out on this nice warm Wednesday afternoon to be in the house of the Lord. I mean, we expect God to do something wonderful tonight. Amen. We're gathered together in His name, so we're going. To hopefully, we'll be in prayer. Uh, announcements, real quickly. Uh, this coming Sunday, uh, we're morning our morning service. Sometime during that time, we're going to be honoring the graduates we have. I believe there are four of them. I know one of them. I think. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know who they are. One of them, I think, is uh, Carrie's uh, fiance's son. I think his name's Justin. I'm not for sure, I'm, but I'm because I know Justin comes with him, and he just okay. Major is one. Okay, so there's every, and there's two. There's there's two out of four, so we we got two of them. But anyway. Okay, one of them is our one of our youth kids, uh, who comes on Wednesday night. So, that, that's that's good, and we will, uh, hopefully that'll make a good impression on on them as well. It might be Audrey. I don't know if Audrey's old enough or not, uh, whether she is or not. But anyway, so we we have four of them. We'll be honoring this next Sunday, uh, and so uh, remember that in your prayers and. Uh, then on, well, in fact, before Sundays, this coming Saturday, men's Bible study uh, in the Fellowship Hall. I believe Brother Randy says they have uh, coffee and donuts, and then they study the Word together. So if you can make that, men, we encourage you to do that. Uh, then on June the 17th will be uh, men's breakfast, and both of these are in the Fellowship Hall. So remember those at 8.30 in the morning. So uh, guys, get get out of bed early if you can <laughs> on Saturday and, and come and be a part of that. And then on uh, Thursday, June the 20th at 6 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall uh, is um, Tuesday is heart heart. It's Tuesday on June 20th. I got the date right today wrong. Tuesday, June the 20th at 6 o'clock, heart to heart, in a fellowship hall, I believe. Okay, so remember that. And then prime timers, uh, June the 24th. Um, and I think it's a pot potluck and games. So I want you guys to be here for that. So remember all of these. Also, uh, Brother Ron wanted me to announce that. Uh, Brother Truesdale and his family will be with us in service uh, as, as officially, I guess he's officially pastor, but until uh, he gets all the other stuff taken care of, uh, on July the 9th, Sunday, July the 9th, will be Brother Truesdale's first day here. And in the meantime, I'm just going to tell us, let's get ready. Let's get ready and be ready when he comes that we can just all be on board and be ready to, to pitch in and, and start pitching in now. You don't have to wait. You know, just find something to do and do it, okay? <laughs> and that's my encouragement for the day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Maybe you have a need, a prayer request you'd like to mention tonight. Remember all those on our prayer list? I've forgotten several of them, but let's remember. Um, Kathy, how's your... Is it niece? 
was it your niece we prayed for here the other day? You remember? Okay, good. There's several others. So, okay. All right. Anyone else have a request? Let's just just tap it. Oh, great. Uh, yes, you do. I'm just going to tell you, yeah, you do. Keep watching. But thank you. Yeah, thank you. Amen. That's terrific. That's the God we serve. <laughs> yes, you are. God says we are going to live. We're going to. But yeah, yeah. But no, I, I, my personal opinion is check it and keep checking you know, that way you can kind of catch something if it starts looking a little iffy. But thank the Lord that it's it's getting it's getting it's, it's gotten and staying normal in a very good range. That's that's good. We thank the Lord for that. All right, let's stand together and just take these needs and take this service to the Lord tonight and just ask Him. Oh, one more thing I, w- I would like for us to pray for as a church. And now this is, I guess maybe this is the pastor in me that says this, but. I want us to pray for the the transition for Brother Truesdale from his church down here. All of those details that need to get in place and be put in place, that the Lord will just put them in place, just drop them there. But I want us to also pray for the church that he's leaving. They're going to be looking for a pastor, and I think it would I think it would be nice of us, and I think it would be it would behoove us to say, Lord, send them the pastor that they need. You, you, we feel like you've supplied ours, but Lord, it's left a vacancy, but fill that vacancy with your man or your woman there at that church as well that will help them just to keep going from where they are and keep on growing. That's the whole thing about Christianity. So if you would remember them in your prayers and, and their family as they make the move uh, toward the end of the month. Father God, we come to you today. We want to just say thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence of you, uh, in your li- in our lives, for the presence of the Holy Spirit of God that is with us, Lord, that you guide us and direct us by your Spirit. You guide and direct us by your Word. Lord, you just help us each and every day in all that we do. And we just give you the praise and the honor and the glory for these things. Thank you, Lord God, for your loving kindness. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace, your mercy, your care, your concern over us each and every day. Father God, I just pray, Lord God, that we will just continue, Lord, to go forward. Father God, that we will just look to you for the guidance and the direction we, that we need as a church. Lord God, that as as we get prepared for Brother Truesdale and his family to come and, and be our pastor, that Father God, we're just asking you, Lord, help us to be ready. Lord God, help us to be uh, a sensitive to the Holy Spirit of what he would have us to do so that, Lord, when Brother Truesdale comes and his family comes, Lord, that we just get just uh, envelop them in, in our in our family lord here and just that we begin to go together and grow together and touch our community touch our area lord god with the life and the love and the power of god almighty in the hearts and lives of those that need it father i pray lord god just help us to be bound together in the unity of the spirit lord god and see you do mighty things in behalf of your people uh, lord i pray for his church lord that that he's leaving 
meeting. And I pray, Father God, that you will just, even now, Lord, that you begin working the details of giving them a pastor that they need. Lord, we pray for your choice for their church as well, Father God. We pray, Lord God, that your will will be done in their hearts and lives. And Lord God, that as they make their transition, Father God, that it will just go smoothly, Father God, and you'll give them the wisdom. Lord, help them to be start praying even now. And Father God, just help them, Lord, to, to have the pastor that you want them to have that will help them, Lord, to take where they are now and just continue to go forward and to continue to grow and develop as a body, part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ where they're at. And Lord God, we just pray that you will do that, Father, in Jesus' name. God, Guide and direct, Lord, in all we do tonight. And we thank you, Lord, for touching Sister Tabitha, Lord, that this blood pressure is uh, right around normal where it should be. And we give you the honor and the glory and the praise, for you are the God who heals us. And, Lord, we want to always be careful to thank you. Lord, thank you for touching, uh, Lord, Sister Kathy's niece and continue to do so in her heart and in her life. And touch in every heart and family, I pray. Lord God, have your way in this service tonight. Guide and direct us. Lord, as we worship you, Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way even now, from now until you're through with us tonight, Holy Spirit, have your perfect way in our hearts and lives, for we give you the, the we give you, we turn ourselves over to you, we give you complete freedom, Father, in the name of Jesus, for the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do tonight, and Father, all of these things we thank you for, and we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. You're 
together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. And I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never To see my sin upon that cross, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. And here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Oh, here I am, Lord, here I am to bow down, here I am to worship you, To see my sin upon that cross. Oh, and here I know, God. Oh, you are worthy, God. Oh, we worship you. Stay here for a little while Till I look like the one I behold And I will pour out my fire Until only is on the floor And at your feet Floor. 
and at your feet I will sing and at your feet I will sing your name is pure and holy your voice it sounds like the water your eyes are full of fire fairer than the sons of men your name is pure and holy for you alone are worthy and there is none beside your lord of lords and king of kings your name is sweet like honey your voice it sounds like the waters your eyes are full of fire fairer than the sons of men your name is pure and holy for you alone are worthy and there is none beside you lord of lords and king of kings so i give you all my worship i give you all my worship i give you all my worship for you alone are god i give you give you all my worship. I give you all my worship. For you alone are God. Oh, I give you all my worship. I give you all my worship. I give you all my worship. For you Just worship him tonight in your own way. Holy Spirit, we just ask you, Lord, to move. Help us to honor our Father with worship that is true, with worship that is from the heart. Oh, Father, you are so good. You are so holy. You are righteous. You are just. But most of all, Father, you are good. I have tasted and I have seen that the Lord is good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just worship you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Rick, would you do me a favor? Would you put the first verse of that first song we sang, please? Okay, now it's not, it's the first one. I'm sorry, first verse, my, my mistake. First verse of the, yeah. Did you, you ever notice this? How many times did you leave you let us this? I don't know. But I, I saw that and it's just like, wow. Now, you talk about something to pursue. I will stay here for a little while. And I kind of want to say, Lord, I'll stay here as long as I can need to. Because I need a lot of changing. I will stay here for a while until I look like the one I behold. That's what this Christianity thing is all about. That's what living for the God is all about. He is wanting to mold us and to make us into his, more into his likeness so that he becomes, as John would say, I must decrease and he must increase. How do I do it? I've got to get me out of the way. I've got to say, okay, just shut up and listen. I, you know, I'm telling, I don't know if you have to do yourself that way. I do. Just shut up and listen. But I like that. I will stay here. Until I look like the one I behold. Imagine what kind of, Sister Jenny, imagine how the devil feels when we go, oh, they're going to do what? But that's what he called us to do, church. That's the whole point of our Christianity. That's the whole point of our salvation. So that he can mold us and make us to look just like Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Sister Judith and Brother Dennis. We appreciate you guys so very much. Um, just That was just, I, I will tell you, my wife will tell you when I come, she's accused me because I didn't have uh, any electrolytes today. And we won't go into reason why I might not have needed those, but that's not important. But the Holy Spirit can do in about five seconds what any amount of electrolytes or anything else can do. And she can tell you, I was just dragging when I come home from work. And it's just like, of course, it didn't help that our computer went on the fritz. And I feel like, oh, no, I'm out of touch with reality in the world. I can't, you know, it'll get fixed. But uh, the thing about it is, <laughs> all righty. <laughs> okay the Lord trying to tell us something I don't know probably not if he wants to do that he can do his own light show I believe that with all of my heart all right tonight I want us to spend a little bit of time in of course as we do always don't make it sound like something unusual that we don't usually do would you turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12 and I'm going to tell you where I'm going what I'm what I'm thinking uh, I will be honest with you. Uh, this message, what the Lord laid on my heart, He did about one o'clock this afternoon while I'm sitting on a riding mower, going, "Lord, you know I got to speak tonight, and I haven't heard nothing yet." <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't like waiting till the last minute, Lord. <laughs> but sometimes He does that. 
And, uh, but I've thought about, for us as a church, what we have gone through to get to where we are right now. And to know that we, we have a leader, you know, we have a pastor. Um, but I, my thinking was, as I thought about this, and as the Lord laid this on my heart, we've, we've been praying, we've, we've been focusing on the pastor, as well we ought to. That was paramount. It was most important that we do that. But can I encourage you tonight that we have four or five weeks to get even better prepared for him? Now it's time for us to look at ourselves and get ourselves in. Look at what God says about us. Look at what God says he expects out of us as his people and get a little better at it. And, and not that we're doing anything wrong. Do not misunderstand me. I do not want this to, to sound like I'm condemning anybody. But church, I do believe that, and Brother Rogers has said this, and, and I've thought about that. We need to be as ready to go as we can possibly be when Brother Truesdale takes over as the head of this church. Okay? And, his brother, I, and I'm not preaching Brother Roger's sermon, but he's not our high priest, but he is our leader. He is God. If we, if we believe this with all of our heart, this is what we've been praying for. This is the man God has called to lead us. This is the man God has called us to follow. Now, I could preach a whole sermon on that, but that's where I think God wants us to look at and start looking. Lord, how can we be better prepared how can we be i don't know the the word doesn't come to my mind right my but how can we just be better than we are right now when he comes and i believe there's some things we can do there's some things with that we can look at in the book of romans chapter 12 I was a little bummed out because I was going to go, boy, I was going to get on my on the computer and I was going to look up stuff and I was going to I was going to have a whole list of stuff and you know I could I was going to set the world on fire. <laughs> so now here's my notes. <laughs> Actually, it's just the verses that. But there's some things that I thought about when I was thinking about these verses of Scripture. It, there's two of them, and it, it's, I never had realized it, this, and, and I, you know, I've been Christian all of my life. Well, not all of my life, but I've, I've been in church all of my life. Let me put it that way. Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are almost identical to each other. Now, yeah, I just, you go home and you get your Bible out. You read Romans chapter 12. You go read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going, this must have been important because Paul wrote it to two different places. He wrote it to the church at Rome. He wrote it to the church at, at Corinth. So it must be important. And it's not something you haven't heard before. It's not something that, that brand new, you know, that just came out of nowhere. 
But it's something that God has said, and, and to me it just it strikes me as very interesting that the Apostle Paul writes very closely the same thing to both churches, to both groups of people. In Romans chapter 12, and this is where I'm going to, to read from tonight, verse, starting at verse 3. I won't read the whole thing. You go back. I, I encourage you to go read both chapter 12, chapter 12 of Romans, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Go home, read it, study it, read it, study it, and read it, study it some more. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. <clears throat> because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, this is Paul writing, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Okay? But notice he doesn't stop there. The, the, the New Living uh, Translation I'm reading out of says, Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Interesting. Don't think you're all that in a bag of chips. But by the same token, don't think you are the most worthless thing in the kingdom of God either. Don't get in that place. The, I brought my Amplified Bible. That's why I have two of them. I've got several different versions at home, but I like the Amplified as well. The Amplified tells us, and the way it reads is this, for by the grace, that is the unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn every one of you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought. Not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance. Have you seen people like that? I know I'm not talking just in the church. You've seen people like that. You know, they think they are God's gift to mankind. Yeah. Not what happens, what happens to those kind of people? They have an exaggerated opinion about themselves. You know what we call them? We call them a narcissist or an egomaniac. You know, I'm the bee's knees. You know, look at me. The Apostle Paul, let's stop and think about it for a moment. And I'm reminded of this, the Apostle Paul, I believe he was also talking to the Corinthian church when he said, what is the matter with you? And I'm going to paraphrase. He says, what's the matter with you people? Some of you say I'm of Paul and the others say I'm of Apollos. And he says, are you out of your mind? I'm just going to do, this is me, if I were right. Are you guys out of your mind? I'm not in. Paul was saying, I, who is Paul? Paul is nothing. Apollos is nothing. He said, I planted. Apollos watered. We did what we were supposed to do. We did what we could do. But in all reality, we are nothing. You're majoring on the minors. He said, I planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. I did what I was supposed to do. Apollos did what he was supposed to do. But God gave the increase. You are of God. You are of Christ. It's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos. It's not about this or that. It's not about a person. 
a human being. Let me rephrase that. It is not about a human being. It is all about Jesus. That's the whole point we're here. That's the whole point God called us, to let the world know that it's all about Jesus. So, don't have an exaggerated opinion of your own importance. The rest of that in the Amplified says, But to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. So what's the deal? The deal is God has given us something, but it's not to make us stand out in the crowd. Now, don't misunderstand me. There are people that God calls that to place, have positions of importance. There are people that God calls to, you know, to be pastors, that he calls to stand in the forefront. And they have a responsibility before God. In fact, if, if you want to stop and think about it rightly, they have a double responsibility before God because they not only have to live their life like God wants them to live, but they, have, they are responsible for telling you and I how God wants us to live our lives. And it's a very serious thing. I had a guy one time that I worked with says, you know, I think I'd like to be a pastor. You know, they don't do anything. I told him right, real quick, I said, look, you better not even think about it unless you know that you know that you know God called you to do it. Because you'll fall flat on your face. I didn't tell him that, but that's what will happen. It won't take long for the, the, for the pressure. Well, there is pressure, but for the burden of, of a church. Now, I speak from experience. You, uh, when a pastor takes on a church, when God puts that church on his heart, if he's a true man of God or a woman of God, it doesn't make any difference. They live with the burden of that church 24 hours a day. You can go fishing, you can go hunting, you can go whatever you want to do. Kind of, that kind of helps, you know, you know, get your mind off things sometimes. But you never get rid of that burden for that church until God says it's time to do something different. I wasn't going to go this way. I wasn't thinking about this, but I, I, I want to go this way. Church, we have a responsibility to be praying for Brother Truesdale and his family starting right now. In fact, starting last Sunday night. And don't go talking to everybody else about, well, he, if you don't like what he does, go talk to the Father about it and let the Father deal with it. Pray for them. Support them. Get behind them and get with them, and let's get this program on the road. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just saying, one of the things, if we're not careful, oh, Will, we've got a pastor. Now we can just, oh, we can sit down and just take it easy. He's going to take care of everything. No, he's not. God called us to be a church. God called us to be a part of the body of Jesus Christ. And all of us, like that verse said, we need to be trying to look more like Jesus every day. And act like Him. And touch like Him. 
and heal like him because it's him through us that touches when people's lives are changed. All right. Verse, uh, let me find where I'm at. Verse 3. Okay, verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Now, Paul wrote this under the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Paul is trying to get us to understand something. If we are part of the body, and and, and, and this one, I think, in this one he does, and, and I think he does in chapter 12 of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, he says, look, the eye can't say to the, you know, to the ear, I don't have, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not an ear, I, I, I'm not part of the body. What happens, how, am I, how can I say this without grossing everybody out? What happens to a body, a human body, if it's all dissected apart? What does it do? Nothing. The head, which can, has, contains your brain, your brain controls your body. It controls all of the involuntary functions as well as the voluntary ones. But it has to have your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your fingers, your toes. Because all of those different parts I mentioned, you're from, your, from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, everything is feeding information into your brain. When you kick the bedpost at night, your little toe says, you hit it too hard. You know? What happens? It doesn't take five seconds for the bottom of your feet to tell you, wait a minute, the pavement is hot. Go back in the house and put some shoes on or, you know, get off the pavement. All of your body, you stop and think about this human body, and it is... How can you look at it and people that know anatomy and know study health and medicine and all that stuff? It, it amazes me that they do not have a clue that there's a God that put this human body together. He designed it. He created it. He makes it work. He knows how to heal it when it's wrong because he knows what's wrong and what's messing up and how to heal it. And how to sometimes tell us how to heal it. This is an in, this body that God gave us with. No wonder the, the writer said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, you stop and think about it. You can look at creation. You can look at the universe. You can look at hum, the human body. You can look at the way God created the animals and how they act and interact with each other. God is very much in charge. And so many times, unfortunately, we let the enemy talk us into getting offended. We let the enemy talk us into, well, you know, if it was me, I, I wouldn't do it that way. I'd do it this way. Well, honey, you, you need to go talk to God about that. God may have a different 
idea. God may take some time to get us all on His page. And it, when we do, things begin to occur. We can't say, I'm not necessary. Now, this, this is one of the thoughts that I, I wrote down. No one person in the or a church, doesn't matter if you're here or somewhere else, you're watching tonight, you go to church somewhere else, no one who is not one person in a or the church as a whole is more important than anyone else, neither is anyone unnecessary. We need to get a hold of that. God did not put us in the church because He just wanted to see your pretty face every Sunday and, and morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We appreciate your pretty face being here. But God does not have any unnecessary parts. Everybody get that? Because it's going to get better. Maybe. Notice what he says. That God has given us. God is, is, is good with this. But he talks about, in verse 6, he said, In His grace, God has given us, and this is the New Living Translation, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Who gave the gift? So who are you going to answer to? God. God gives you the gifts. God gives you the abilities. God gives you the talents. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5, he writes, Paul writes to the church, He's talking about the body and how it's supposed to work and how everything works together. But he makes this statement. In verse 25 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. But I don't like Faith. She's too loud. Now, y'all better not say anything about Faith. I'll smack you upside the head. It's my wife. And I'm just using her for an example. She gets up there in front of that church and just dances. And boy, she just makes a real monkey out of herself. Well, maybe you ought to make a monkey out of yourself. How many times do we sit there and, 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 and I'm talking to the church. How many times do Christians sit in church and they criticize and they say, oh, well, look at what they're doing. Well, look at what you're doing. It's sure not anywhere near what God expects out of us. God gives us abilities. God gives us talents. God gives us characteristics that are uniquely ours. And he expects us to use them. One of the other things that come to my mind while mowing. I wrote it this way. We should be a team. Okay? 
We should be a team. A team has to have a captain. A team has to have a leader. A team has to have a coach. If I were to assign them, and, and I hope I do it right, our coach is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that tells us how to do. He's the one that tells us what to do, how to do, when to do, where to do. He teaches us. What does the Bible say? He teaches us all of the things. We read the Bible and then we get in a situation and he brings those, that, that verse to back to our remembrance for that circumstance, for that situation. He's our guide. He's our helper. He's the one called alongside to help. He's the coach, if you will. God's the owner of the team, okay? Jesus Christ paid for the team. Never had thought about it this way, but it it's, makes sense to me. You know, we've got these major league teams, you know, major league baseball, football, all these others. Somebody owns that team. Somebody's in charge. Make sure that, all they're pay, that they're paid and all the things that need to be done, you know, is taken care of. But they need a coach. You need, but you know what? A team, a football team, a baseball team, basketball, I don't care what team you want to be on. It is only as good as the people that are willing to play the game. God does not have any superstars. Now, we would say, Paul, Paul, I mean, we hold him up pretty high esteem. And yet Paul was the one who said, I'm nothing. I'm simply the guy that God's using at this point in time to teach, preach to you the gospel. Somebody else could come along and water it. But on all in all, God uses the whole thing and builds his church. We should be a team. My new boss, well, he's not new. He's been there for two years now. But when he came, he said, guys, I, I've got one thing. First thing I want to tell you is we're in this together. We are a team. If we get, if we, one of us messes up, it means we all messed up. He said, if one of us does good, it means we all done, have done good. And he's done very well to sit there and, and have a team. We have, and I'm, I'm bragging a little bit. But he said, but he made this statement. He was gone nearly all of last week. Last week, if you all know, last Sunday was what? Memorial Day. I work at a cemetery. We put out over 450 three-by-five-foot American flags on 10-foot poles for those families that bought one for their loved one. Over 450 of them, and, and it, it, it looks wonderful when we get her all out and they're flying in the breeze. And we're trying to keep up with Mother Nature who decides this year we need a lot of rain. So we're trying to keep it mowed and look nice and we're just running and running. You know, we worked overtime. But the boss has been gone, was gone Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We got it done. We got it took care of. Besides that, we, we, we dug a grave for a funeral that week. But the thing about it was, he said, and here's the point. He said, 
I like it. And, and I'm not bragging saying this, but it's this illustrative point. He says, I like the fact that I can do that and know that everything is going to get taken care of like it should. That's what God's calling us to do, church. God's calling us to do everything. He wants to be able to trust us to the point in the place where he can say of us, I can, I could go on vacation if I wanted to. He don't. But he could, he could, he could, God wants us to get to the place where he can say the Holy Spirit's there. If that, that bunch will listen to the Holy Spirit and what he tells them to do, it'll get done. And I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to be concerned about it. I don't have to watch them and say, Carol, what are you doing? <laughs> but he knows that we are, as Jesus said, about our Father's business. He makes this statement, Paul does to the Corinthian church, that we need harmony. How good, I believe, somebody help me with this one. How good it is when brothers dwell in unity. Is that a verse with each other? What is unity? It's the same thing as harmony. Guess what? Sister Tabitha there is nothing like my wife. But you know what? They can look like and work in harmony. They can live in harmony. We don't have to be alike. But we can have unity. We can have harmony. When there's unity, there's harmony. When there's unity, there's harmony. Why does Paul say the endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? Because you've got an enemy that wants you at each other's throat. He has no place. He has no right in our hearts and lives. When we think about our church, whether it's us here tonight or other churches, maybe some are watching to go to a different church. What do we want our church to be known for? What do we want our church, what kind of reputation do we want to have? You think, well, what's that got to do with being a body? Everything. We say, well, the church needs to be friendly. The church needs to be spirit-filled. The church needs to be a praying church. It needs to be a loving church. There is a church where you can go, and if you have a need, God can meet that need. They will pray, and God will do things. They're a devil-chasing church. I, I like. I think Brother Gary said it, but and, but I like what he said. I, I want to live in such a way that when I get up, they say, "Oh my goodness, they're up again." I'd like for this church to be so spirit filled that when we wake up every morning, the devil goes, "Oh, there is not enough aspirin in the planet to help my head." 
If Jesus defeated him on the cross, you remember what, what, he, what the promise was to Adam and Eve? The promise was, the, when he talked to the serpent, he said, you will bruise his heel, but serpent, he will bruise your head. And I've said this before, but I believe it's pretty bears repeating. I'll get it right here in a minute. Head trauma is more often than not fatal. Severe head trauma is very, very difficult to recover from. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying it's very difficult. And so why did he say that? Okay, you can bruise your If I bruised my heel, and I bruised myself lately, it wasn't my heel, but I bruised myself in recently. Now, it took weeks for the bruise to finally disappear. But it wasn't the same as a head injury. What I want you to understand, what I feel in my spirit, that God placed in my heart, whatever we want to be known for, and the characteristics can be endless. That is what we should pursue to be in the church. If you want to be spirit, if you want a spirit-filled church, then if you aren't spirit-filled, get there and stay there. Doesn't matter if all of us are, you know, I've seen, I've been in Pentecostal services where the spirit was moving. And he wasn't necessarily giving messages. There was people talking in tongues all over the church. There was, I mean, it was just a, a spirit of praise. And the thing about it was, I'm sorry sometimes, Lord, English just don't cut it. So then I can pray in the spirit and he knows the spirit knows how to tell God what, what it's, what's in my heart. Because I don't have the words. I can't find the words always to say. But we need to be spirit-filled, especially if we call ourselves Pentecostal. And for some of those others that don't, you'll get it. You seek it, you'll get it. But you know what the deal is? If we call ourselves Pentecostal, then we ought to be Pentecostal. Not just the pastor, not just the Sunday school teacher, not just anybody. But all of these things, what do we want our church to represent? What we want our church, to, what, pe what we want people to see our church as, we are going to have to be that together. There's no way, I mean, you know, there's, I'm not, I have no way to sugarcoat this. If we are part of the body, I, I learned something last night that we were watching uh, a documentary about it's a lifestyle eating lifestyle my wife and I have but and I didn't know this but this, this doctor that we listened to he is kind of studied he's kind of gone against the normal all of the quote let's do it this way medical advice but he made a statement somebody was saying well if I eat too much fat I'll get fat like off of meat I'm talking about fat off of meat he says, do you not realize that every tiny cell in your body needs that fat to make all of the coatings that go around every cell in your body? It needs that fat to make all of these tiny, from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, 
it, your body takes that animal fat that you eat, if you eat it, and puts it in there it, to, re, to repair, to restore, to, to replenish, so that you're a healthier person. God created that body. When you stop and think about what Paul said, the body cannot say, I can't say, Sister Carol, well, you know, they're just not going to do it my way. I'm not, Sister Carol doesn't do this, okay? I'm just using her. <laughs> they're just not going to do it my way. I just don't need to be a part of that. God created you with a purpose. And now we hear that a lot, but I, I really would like the Holy Spirit to put this in people's heart. Just not just you guys and not just me, but everybody that's going to listen to this or is listening to it now. You are on this planet for a purpose. A little side note, kind of maybe a little funny. One of the guys at work, he's always harassing the far out of me. And something was said this afternoon about something. I said, my whole purpose on this earth is to cause him problems. <laughs> it's not. I have a purpose. God created me for a purpose and with a purpose. And he created you with one too. Now I told you I was going to get sticky with it here in a little bit. Here comes the sticky part. I didn't finish the one with, we should be a team, each one of us using the gifts, the faculties, the talents, the qualities God has given us. Without excuses. Oh, I could have left that one out. For the benefit that is the edification or the building up of the body of Christ. Let me read this a little bit faster. I just wanted to get those parts. We should be a team, each one of us using the gifts God has given us without excuses for the benefit, the edification of the body of Christ. There are no excuses. There are no excuses. But we are body. We are the body. We're a part of the the big body all together, but we are a body here. That's why we're here. We're different. God wants us to be different. God made us different. But church, we need to be what we would like the people outside these four walls to think we are. We can sit in here and say all the nice things we want to. Oh, you know, Faith, you're just so wonderful. I have to tell her that she's my wife. <laughs> no, I don't. Trust me, she is. She's good. She's a very, she's a very, she is a helpmate for sure. Not just for that. But it's not just for us. Oh, Patty. Oh, Sister Carol, you're so lovely. Well, you're just so wonderful. Just have, you know, I can go around the room. It's not a pat each other on the back society. If it doesn't reach outside the four walls of our church, whether it's this one or any other church that calls itself the part of the body of Jesus Christ, if we don't reach outside these four walls, we have totally missed the point. And somebody said, but I said, without excuses. 
we don't have an excuse. God made you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. If I want this church to have a good reputation outside these four walls, I have got to be that in here, but especially I have got to be it out there. And it's got to work both ways. There, hopefully there are people that will come just to see who the new guy is. That's fine. What is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to greet them and say, hey, we are glad you're here. My name. I have to ask people's new, new people. I have to ask them several weeks in a row. I said, I'm sorry, but I forgot. I know for a long time I kept wanting to call uh, Shauna Savannah. It's like, no, that's not right. But I could, it, it just, finally, it, it, it stuck. It's, it's John and Savannah. And I, I got, I, no, it's not. It's John and Shauna. I did it. I did it, didn't I, Brother John? Sister Savannah, Sister Shauna, I'm sorry. I get that stuck in my head and then it won't go away. I'm still doing it. I still need some more practice. I'll remember that John and Shauna are husband and wife. <laughs> yes, I'm still human. I'm still, but the thing about it is, church, and not just us, but just to be, to be the kind of people that reach out and say, thank you for coming. You don't have to say it a lot. I'm, I'm one of those kind of people I've learned to be. No, this, I wasn't always as outgoing as I, as I am. You learn. I mean, you pastor a church, you better learn how to be, you know, and you learn. And it's easy for me. I'm, I've gotten comfortable with that. You know, my my original, if I go, the first time I go to church, I usually sit on the back seat. My wife, when Faith and I were dating, and she, we're going, well, I'm, let's go to your church and see what it's like. And she's going, well, I sit on the front seat, and I'm going, Oh boy! <laughs> I want. You know, I'm sorry. I, this is just me, but I, I want to scope it out. Okay, what am I get? What am I fixing to get into here? Well, I got in. Jumped in both feet, I guess. <laughs> Which is fine. I had to obey the Lord. And those of you that know how, what happened, you understand. But it doesn't take but a minute to go to somebody and say, hi, thank you for coming. But church, what is more important than anything else is that God, the Holy Spirit, be able to flow through here like a river Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever the church doors are open in Sunday school class. What are you talking about, preacher? I have been in a church, was in a church. Matter of fact, is my I call it my home church, the one I grew up in. We had a, a it was we had several adult Sunday school classes, but this one they met back in the fellowship hall of the. We had some church, uh, some classrooms back in the fellowship hall, but with the fellowship hall along. But anyway, they got to praying, and I remember they came out of that Sunday school class. They'd already been praying. And God the Holy Spirit took over the whole thing. 
God help us to do that. If there's any one thing this church, this world needs, they need to see the power of the God, the Holy Spirit, manifest in the churches of today. Not just ours, but every church, especially those that call themselves Pentecostal. They need to see what it is. It's real. It's real. I know it's real. They need, but they've got to see it in us, church. We are the body. And the neat thing about this body is it is inclusive. Whosoever will, let him come, Jesus said. The same must be true about us. We must be inclusive. If they want my youngest daughter goes to church at Crossroads. We used to call it Crossroads Cathedral, I think. We just call it Crossroads Church now. But we went for their Christmas play they were doing. And we walked into the sanctuary, met by, I can't remember what nationality, you remember what nationality she was? Asian of some sort, you know. And then there were black people and there were different, different ethnic groups, different nationalities. And I think, Lord, help us to get that way. Help us to realize that the gospel is for everybody. Okay. God give us a colorful church. And I believe if we want it, we'll get it. I told Sister Julie she was singing a song. She's practicing one. And I'll quit. And I said, Sister Julie, I said, you sing well. But I said, that song needs some black singers that know how to just let go and let God. She said, I know, I wouldn't mind having a bunch of them. You ever watch, have you ever seen a black service? Now, them people, when they go to have church, honey, they're going to have church. And they're going to stay until they get through having church. It's not wrong. It's not a bad thing. But we're the body. What are we going to do about it? We're the body. How are we going to react? Church, it starts with me. I have a friend of mine. He says, if it's, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Lord, I want to be in the middle of that. I want to be like you. I want to become more like the one I behold. Because you're representing him anyway. You call yourself a Christian, you're representing Christ. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Father God, thank you, Lord, for this word tonight. And I pray, Father, Lord, that it, hopefully I have, it hasn't been too condemning, but Lord, but it's been challenging for us and, and motivating us, Lord, to realize that what we can be, what we want our church to look like has to start with us. Lord, we're a body, and we cannot do without anything. There is no unnecessary parts. Lord, in the human body you created, nothing is unnecessary. We can do without things, Lord. If sometimes things get cut off, or, or, or sometimes we have surgery that something gets removed that, that has gotten out of whack. And more often than not, our body can adjust to it, but it's still has to have something to make up what that body provided. Father, I just pray that you will help us 
from here on out to just, Lord, help us to be everything you want us to be. Help us to be the body that you have called us to be. Help us to realize that we are here for a purpose, with a purpose. We are given, each one of us, Father God, I believe, are given gifts and talents and abilities and faculties that others may not have, someone else may not have, but you put them all together and you make it work just like our human body does. With every head bowed and everyone praying for a moment. I haven't said much about Jesus tonight, but Jesus makes us part of that body. How does he do that? He, we come to him and say, Jesus, I need you to be Savior and Lord of my life. I need you to save me. I need you to cleanse me. My life's, I've been doing things that are not right. I've been doing, I've been sinning and I know I have. And I can't hit stop it. I can't change it by myself. But Jesus, I believe that you can. And I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit will help you to understand that to become a part of not just this body, this church body here, but a part of the body of Christ. You've got to make Jesus Savior and Lord of your life. You've got to ask him, just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. You change me. He's not asking you to change. He's not asking you to give up a bunch of stuff before you walk in before him. He just says, come to me like you are, and I'll change you, and I'll start on the inside, and, and the outside will catch up. He wants you in his family. He died for you. He gave his life for you on a cross of Calvary, but on the third day he rose from the grave. They put him in. And that grave is still empty today because he is sitting at the right hand of God Almighty. And he intercedes for those. He's interceding for you to make him Savior and Lord of your life. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Make Jesus Savior and Lord of your life. It's very simple prayer. The Bible says, if with your heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Pray that prayer. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you. I need you. And I believe that you want me as part of your family. And God, I just pray that they pray that prayer. And if you pray that prayer, tell somebody. Tell an, uh, somebody that you know is a Christian. Tell them you gave your heart and life to the Lord. And then because the, he says, with the heart you believe to righteousness, but with confession from your mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. He said, tell somebody. You'll feel, you'll feel and you'll know. And then find yourself a Bible-believing church. A church that is spirit-filled. A church that is loving, that is praying, and that is everything that we think Jesus ought to be. And Father, help us to be that church and to be those people. All oh, Lord God, for your honor your glory and your praise, Lord, and for the multiplication of souls into your kingdom, we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Lord bless you. And remember, wherever you go, God's going with you because you're his kid.